Welcome, friends. You're listening to the Takeaways Podcast, Episode 5. This limited series is a special look into my new book, Takeaways, Secret Truths from Leading a Startup. This podcast is for entrepreneurs and other business owners anywhere who need some quick direction anytime they find themselves at a difficult crossroads. It's exactly what I needed when I was facing difficult daily decisions in the early weeks and months of my startup loop. I'm your host, Brian Friedman, and I'm currently the VP of Digital Innovation at Aventry. And previously, I was the CEO and founder of Looped in Silicon Valley and in San Francisco. Today, I'm going to share with you how to formulate a business model. So let's get started. For startups, business models are moving targets, and the questions are endless. What is the best way to generate perpetual income? Are your products for sale, for rent, or both? Should your business model include short-term contracts, long-term contracts, or perpetual licenses? How do you support all of them at the same time? Throughout Silicon Valley, software as a service, also known as SaaS, is a business model de jour. Many companies use a subscription model to lure customers in with a freemium offer that evolves into a reoccurring regular payment. But Loot is primarily a wearables company with upfront engineering and manufacturing costs. The SaaS subscription scenario for us, it was risky and unattractive. In May 2016, we were raising our third round of financing and we were starting to hear more pressing questions from investors about the Loot business model. We are not entirely unprepared because Series A included plenty of traditional venture capitalist funds who were hyper-focused on the bottom line. Before that, angel investors put the capital for research and development, a minimum viable product, bare-bone sales organizations, and market fit trials, so we were practiced at giving them answers too. Yet, as these new financial investors enter the picture, we face even harder questions about our sales numbers and customer lifetime value. Under their tough scrutiny, we were measured against hundreds of other startups internationally. Many of these companies had great products, proven revenue, and in some cases, long-term customer relationships. In our corner, Tim Draper, an angel investor and well-known VC with DFJ Venture Capital, had already started preparing us by asking tough questions. Tim challenged us to think big with our business model. In an email, he bluntly wrote, I'm thinking you might want to do some brainstorming on how you keep your customers. Either create a SaaS business where you can get them to sign up for a subscription, or move this to the consumer, where there would be a network effect with the market. Tim argued that Loops could evolve more quickly as a B2C, business-to-consumer company like Fitbit, rather than a B2B, business-to-business company like an IBM. In addition to selling to corporate events, he believed Loop could serve as a digital business card for consumers worldwide. We also agreed but we struggled with our product reliability in these early stage days. We wanted more time to refine our products. We wanted more time to prioritize user experience in the controlled environment of the corporate event space. I also worried at the bigger challenges of being a small startup trying to access consumer channels. This would require tens of millions of dollars, specialized retail promotional expertise, and a high-performing supply chain with access to consumers via the web, large distribution networks, and the large volume outlets globally. Only a few wearable digital device startups had won in consumer channels and built a sustainable business. After we decided to exit Looped, Tile, a smart loss and found tag, raised $60 million 
You can now be fined to Target, Walmart, Amazon.com, and other retailers in 15 countries. But Tile was an exception, not the rule. Our business model is one of the most difficult challenges, but we haven't forewarned. During my time at Draper University, Tim used to say to us, a lot of entrepreneurs have good ideas, but cannot figure out where they're going to make money or even get to the end user or how their businesses are going to work. In many ways, Tim's genius comes from his uncanny ability to sell successful business models. He is famous for helping startups wade through the confusion to design something brilliant. Tim often remarks that he got lucky of Hotmail, the first web-based free email platform in the late 1990s when he suggested the founders put in a small promotional link for viral marketing in every email. The promotion stated simply, get your private email at www.hotmail.com. He was also an early investor in social business models like Skype and Bitcoin, companies that grew globally through the networking effect on the internet. Tim likes to remind new startups that many big companies have been formed through unique and clever models. His formula for identifying the best strategy is one that we adopted and now preach as the business gospel. You assess the fastest way to get the service to the user, but in a way that no one is thinking about. I always like to get to the end user. All the greatest companies have end user connections. It's easy to get lost in the endless questions that come after product inspiration, but forming a successful business model hinges on remembering why you started. The beginning and the end is always about the end user, and the best business model is simply the path that connects these two points. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to the Takeaways Podcast, which is produced every Tuesday for your enjoyment, and show notes can always be found on my blog on Medium at ownit. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed. You can also follow me on Instagram and you can sign up for more info on my new book at takeawaysbook.com. All of the links are going to be in the show notes. And until next time, keep following your dreams and own it.